the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Sorry about that. Uh, forgot where I was for a second. I've been drinking a lot of coffee uh, the last couple of weeks. I've been first of all, I've been reading Jack Reacher novels, which is always a bad sign. And um, second, we've had a you know, coffee's been stimulating me. So if I talk too fast, uh, there you know, if you go to WHK fourteen twenty, there will be a podcast. Anyway, a couple things to think about. Age is mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. Satchel Page. <laughs> That guy was uh, not only a phenomenal pitcher, but he had some great lines. I, I remember he also talked about the shortstop from the, the, the Negro Leagues, uh, as he called them. Um, and he said uh, he was so fast that he could turn out the light and be in bed before it was dark. <laughs> uh, my attitude is never to be satisfied. Never enough. Never enough. That's uh, Bella, uh, the, the great uh, gym, gym coach, uh, gymnastics coach. I can't remember his name. But anyway, um, you know, a lot of people have been asking me, you know, uh, I, I, got, I had a lot of phone calls, 600 phone calls this week um, from people like you out there who were interested in what I was thinking and and clients and uh, and prospective clients. And so it was a wild week for me, uh, 600 phone calls. I felt like I had to have the uh, phone surgically removed from my ear. I think I got cauliflower ear. Uh, anyway, we have a great piece on the uh, – COVID-19, if you're interested, uh, that's there. Also, uh, interest rates are at an all-time low. The Savvy Investor's Credit Workbook, what a time to borrow money. The 10-year Treasury hit its all-time low, all-time in the history of the United States last week. The 30-year Treasury is at 1.2%. The 10 years at 0.9. It got down to 0.4. What a time to be using credit. Okay, now you know now that you... Instead of selling your stocks to buy something right now, it'd be a, a really good idea. Global income, best ideas, uh, our global insight, for our investment stance for the year. Also, uh, for you guys that own businesses, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of clients, uh, and a couple of them uh, talk to private equity, and boy, they, they were lowballing their businesses big time. And we have some people that you should talk to, in my humble opinion. Also, we have a, a business owner's guide to transition planning. And, you know, it talks about uh, different types of insurance plans that you can have. You know, you're buying out your partner, your partner buying out you, that type of thing. Uh, how you can distribute your business to your kids uh, with as low a tax as possible, that type of thing. So, uh, once again, you go to WHK 1420 AM. You go to local podcast down to Tim Hayes, Smart Investor Show. My my uh, webpage is, is right there. Okay. So, uh, by the way, you're I want to say this and... and you know, I've been talking, I, I talked from, I, I went back and listened to my shows from January 24th or the 20th or something around there. 
I've been talking about the market, you know, the bullish percent turning down. Be careful. Be careful. Bob Dickey, who's on my webpage every day, the technical, he's our head technical analyst. He's really good. He's been in town a couple times. If you've had the opportunity to see him, uh, he's won every award there is for 22 straight days. He talked about look out below 22 straight days. Anyway, we can also sign up for our newsletter. It talks about the due date for uh, 2019 uh, federal taxes approaches. It's, it's time to review your IRA estate planning strategies because this new Secure Act doesn't let you, you know, uh, pass it on to your kids uh, the way it could, what you did. And spring cleaning for your finances. Boy, what a good idea right now. Uh, the number of U.S. private equity backed companies increased by 106% from 4,000 in 2006 to 8,000 in 2017. Publicly traded firms fell by 16% at the same time. Uh, that means there's a shortage of stocks out there, buddy, folks. You know, right? The U.S. has cemented its, its status as a net exporter in world oil markets, although I think, uh, well, I'll go into that in a minute. And the euro has the calmest year it's ever had in, in 2018. Isn't that amazing? So, look, I mean, the whole world knows that this is all about the coronavirus. And on Monday... You know, it's funny because, uh, look, I'm a Republican, okay? And uh, what I'm about to say is not the, uh, the opinion of RBC. It's Tim Hayes' opinion. But uh, I'm a Republican, and um, I did not vote for Donald Trump. Okay, I did not vote for the Democratic Party either, by the way. Uh, but I didn't vote for Donald Trump, although I think he's doing a great job. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if you saw the press conference Friday, but I thought it was a good press conference. Uh, you know, and I think the, the market thought it was a good press conference, too, so... Uh, but look, um, if you thought he was in with the Russians, they just kicked his knees out last Monday. You know, I, look, I was pretty bullish on the market up, at, you know, and then Monday hit, and I said, "Those, you know, both the Saudis and the Russians, you know, have a little, uh, you know, spat, and they just kicked the uh, the oil market and, uh, you know, just cut the cut them at the knees, okay, or cut the oil market at the knees, and." Um, so, but they also, you know, while we were weak, they hit us. So if anybody thinks he's a friend of Putin or Putin's a friend of ours, uh, and I, and Saudis, I don't think we've been friends with them. You know, we, we act like, I don't know, they act like they're friends of us, but I don't think they are either. So that's Tim Hayes' opinion. Nobody else's, okay? Uh, but look, I'm, I'm going to go over a couple things, uh, you know, some history and what Lori Calcivina, our head strategist, said. If you have a question, you want to call in here, it's 216-901-0945. 216-901-0945. So Lori said basically she was lowering her year-end S&P target, and that's not a surprise. She moved her earnings per share forecast to 165 from 174. That's a pretty good hit. Uh, she, what she was looking for was she was seeking uh, evidence of investor capitulation, and what she was talking about is the futures contracts were still positive uh, on Monday meaning there was more net longs than net shorts. As of Thursday, that was all changed, okay? And she also think, uh, uh, she said she was shifting from a neutral stance on growth versus value and moving uh, more to, to value. Uh, she, said, she said you should keep a balance of defense, growth, and cheap cyclicals in, in sector overweights, and she moved healthcare to overweight, and she was downgrading the financials. Uh, you know, the financials work off a spread, now, what she did talk about, and I think this is very positive, down years in the S&P 500 are rare. They tend to involve recessions and growth scares, which we have right now. 
So, uh, look, there have been one year where we were down 40, 30 to 40 percent. That was 2008. One year where we were down 20 to 30 percent. That was 2002. Two years we were down 10 to 20 percent. That was 2000, 2001. And six years we were, we were down zero to, to 10%. And they all occurred in the last 20 years. Most of the time, uh, almost 64% of the time, we were 10, plus 10 to plus 40%. Okay? But one of the things that's, that's kind of interesting is there was lots of buyback announcements last year when the market was up. I haven't heard of one yet. Maybe two. Uh, you know, uh, Twitter is buying back stock uh, based on, you know, uh, Elliott Management getting involved. And and uh, I also noticed Qualcomm increased their buyback, and they also raised their dividend. But, you know, beyond that, so we had this moderating buyback activity, all right? However, dividends still made a case for being the place to be. And we've been talking about the dividend growth portfolio and the prime income list on this show ad nauseum forever. <laughs> they The dividend stocks held up better in this fiasco that we just went through, okay? So, look, uh, I think, uh, you know, earnings consensus was like uh, for the year coming in was 9.5% increase. So obviously, that's going to come down. Uh, but, you know, look, we have a, this uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic, I guess we'll call it. Uh, that's what the W, you know, World Health Organization said. And the oil prices among OPEC and Russia and the U.S. shale operations. Uh, you know, what we're worried about is there's a lot of U.S. shale operations that might go bankrupt because of this. And that's what, by the way, Putin wants. I mean, he's kind of hinted at it several times. So, uh, look, we, we had a, 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 a big price war a couple years ago. And OPEC did a similar tactic and, and, and they tried to drive U.S. shale out of business. It failed. Okay, and U.S. became the world's largest petroleum producer, and now they're one of the biggest exporters. Will it stay that way? I think so, because, you know, the Permian Basin, the East Texas fields, and even Utica over here, there's still the prices, you know, they're still going to produce this stuff. So if it's cheaper, you're going to use more oil or less oil? I think you can use more. So, you know, it appears that, you know, this uh, corona thing is in the early stages, but I like what I'm seeing as far as, what the Fed did. The Fed lowered interest rates by 50 basis points. They already lowered it by 75, by the way. And they threw a trillion dollars into the market via open op- uh, market operations uh, this week. So that was really good. But look, we had 25 worst days for the S&P 500. Uh, you know, 1987 was the worst I remember. We were down 20%. Uh, 2029 and 29, we had, <laughs> we had three days in a row that were bad that we went down 9%. Then Ten percent, then twelve percent, and and then we had, you know, what we just went through Thursday, which was nine and a half percent, which we made up ninety five percent of on Friday. So look, I I bought some stocks last last Friday, okay, and I bought some Thursday, and I was talking to a gentleman at Marshfield. They were buying two on Thursday, okay. And uh, some of the ones I bought on Friday, I like to take back, you know, because I wasn't expecting the oil thing. Uh, but, uh, but, <laughs> but one of the guys from Marshfield said this, all great investments begin <laughs> in discomfort, mostly in your stomach. <laughs> so, look, my hands were shaking when I was putting those orders in, uh, especially Thursday. But, look, I had, I had a couple clients call me and sell stocks. And I said, you know, I told you to sell them in January. 
I said, I don't think you're doing the right thing here. Now, I had like 15 call me and tell me to do that, and I talked 13 out of it. Uh, we, we did have cash. We didn't probably, you never have enough in a situation like this. But look, the volatility index uh, got to 78 this week. And I've been doing this for a period of time. In 1982, the volatility index uh, at the bottom, which was, I believe, in like March or uh, the, the, you know, the real crashing bottom, uh, we, we got to 81. In 2008 or 2009, you know, and I said that we were a generational low on this show. Okay, and I'm not bragging. It wasn't me. It was a lot of other people because the bullish percent got down to five or three. I think it was. I said, and by the way, it got to 88, the volatility index, the fear index. Okay, now 1987, I remember sitting there and just watching with my feet up on the desk and it got to 152 that day. All right. But 78 is a pretty high number. So, look, uh, if you look, um, March has been a bad month for the market out of the 19 days in which we've had, uh, you know, big moves of one or one percent. Uh, 2020 already has 19 days. So, uh, anyway, look, the, we're in a bear market. Okay, is it a structural bear market? What we did, and, and uh, I, I made a mistake. And, and when you make a mistake, you own up to it. When I said I thought there'd be a seven to ten percent correction, I was looking at a weekly chart. However, on the monthly chart, 2100 right around there is where is where the lows were in 2009 so we draw this uptrend line then it happened again in 2011 when the treasury bond uh came through then when the ebola scare hit in 2014 and then the fed raised interest rates three months later uh that was in 2014 and 15 that was the other time we hit here so we're back there so if we hold here which we did on friday uh, and i think it's going to be sloppy for a while but it's a big positive, all right? A uh, big positive. So, look, the other thing is, is when you have a, a, a route like this, um, the bullish percent is currently at like four or six. I can't remember. I, it, that was where it was on Thursday. And most of the time when we've been this oversold, we've had huge returns. And if you look at the sector bell curve for 1987, uh, you know, we had most of the stocks uh, at ten percent. Now uh, we have all the stocks uh, at ten percent, and I think two thousand October of two thousand eight, we had all the stocks. The average level was three point two percent. We're at seven point five percent, and back in in eighty seven, it was uh, nine point seven percent. So this is this is oversold. Okay, so if you got cash, I mean, it's hard. It's not going to be easy. It's not something that. Uh, uh, you know, you're going to love, okay? Um, so look, the bad news is the financial markets remain really concerned about this COVID, okay? The good news is, uh, look, fortunately, and contrary to the general impression, there also is quite a lot of good news about this. Uh, uh, you know, look, SARS, which came out in 2004, I mean, every year, every election year, we have a, a new, uh, uh, you know, virus coming out, you know, just so you know, this isn't this isn't a new thing. You know, SARS uh, was, uh, you know, has killed more people this year. And it, it, it came out in 2004, just so you know. And then the avian flu in 2008. Then the swine flu in 2010. MERS in 2012. Ebola in 2014. And showed up again in 2018 because we didn't do the right things. Our government didn't do the right things. And I won't tell you who's, who was in, uh, in the government at that time. But Zika with the mosquitoes in 2016. And now we have this. But 
this is a flu and it's uh uh it's a flu so i think i'm i don't want to make light of it. it you know it's very contagious but the fatality rate in china the epicenter uh is a sizable 4.4% but in in china outside the hubei province the fatality rate is just 0.9%. So there are some good things happening. And it is, from what I understand, some businesses in China are up and running again. And South Korea is just 0.7%. So if we do this right, we could be out of it in no time. So keep your fingers crossed. Uh, we'll, we'll be back. Uh, this is Smart Investor Show. Stay tuned. Because when you're standing all so near, I kind of lose my mind. Okay, we're back. Uh, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Uh, once again, if you have a question, 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. You know, I, I, I looked around and I, I, I talked to some people uh, outside of RBC. And RBC, I think, has done a good job of, uh, of keeping us informed uh, and et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, you know, Tom Lee is at Fundstrat, and he's a relatively even-keeled guy. I mean, he's he's been right a lot. And he said a couple things, uh, and, and you know, I thought this was interesting. History says initial 13% rally, three of three times market stage initial rally, averaging 45 days with an average of 12.75 by early May. This is when we've had a sell-off in March, by the way, okay? The range length of the rally was remarkably similar at 40 to 49 days. But a subsequent retest seen two of three times down about 10%. So we'll probably have a retest. Count on it, okay? And then 10 of 10 times, stocks climb higher 12 months out of out with a 27% average gain. That happened 10 out of 10 times. So I don't think he put that down on paper. But look, I, I think the real question is, and this is from uh, the uh, Auger Funds. Uh, you know, Dave Auger was a great guy. I, I, met, I met him for lunch one day uh, way long time ago in Chicago. And a uh, brilliant guy. I loved same type of wines I did, and I really got along with him. But uh, unfortunately, one of the planes came through his window uh, uh, in 9-11. But Fred Auger is still running the Auger Funds, and he's, you know they had a piece out this week and said, will innovation defeat the coronavirus? And, you know, we SARS, it took 20 months to come up with, with something for it. Uh, influenza 11, uh, and this, this is the stuff from Indonesia, and the California inv- influenza of 2009, we, it took four months. The Zika virus, 3.25. You know, coronavirus, uh, you know, will we have a, a vaccine? You know, that's how long it took for the other one. So that, that'll be interesting. So, I mean, um, we're, we'll, we'll still talk about that later. Anyway, the one thing I will say is equities, are, domestic equities are still number one. Now, fixed income came in a fast second, but I think, you, you know, if, if you're looking at things, your cap weighted is doing better than equal weight. Large cap growth, technology still number one. Healthcare came into second, by the way. Uh, we talked about that one was way back when it was uh, the last thing on earth. Long duration treasuries. I mean, after I mean, the ten year treasury was what one eighty six a month ago. It got down to point three nine on yield. I'm talking about. Um, and then precious metals is still the top commodity, and the U.S. dollar is still the top currency. So. What I did see, and I, you know, I still looked at the charts. I saw some real positive divergences, 
and I found like five or six stocks that are, are diverging very positively, which will be interesting when we come back. Now, uh, this week, you know, I was talking about the emerging markets last week and how they had held up. Well, they broke down. Uh, everything, I think everything broke down this week. Uh, and look, I, I didn't know about the oil thing. And uh, the oil, I mean, the, the Russians and the Saudi Arabians kicked us when we were down. And uh, I hope we never forget that. But uh, look, I, I think um, investor sentiment or temperament right now um, is that there's, you know, there, look, there come times when we're in a bull market and all my clients want to have the maximum performance. They get mad if they're not. And they seek outperformance through the use of a tactical approach of some sign. And then they seek an absolute return with very little, you know, drawdown. And that's where we are now. And like I said, I had a couple, three clients sell out on, on Thursday. And I told them that's not the right thing to do. You know, we talked back in, in January and February to sell some things. Now, they didn't like what I was telling them to sell. You know, but I, I say it like it is. And I told them that, you know, I said, you know, we're talking about selling things and now you're selling them? Come on. You know, anyway, domestic equities are number one. Fixed income's number two. International equities lost a lot of, of uh, uh, votes this week and cash came in uh you know, big. Now the dollar, you know, I said the dollar would rally back in January and rally for a while. And then I thought it would give it up and it broke its uptrend line. So, uh, you know, that comes with lower interest rates. So we'll see what happens. Look, uh, one of the things I think happened and look, I, I, I was, I was sitting at a party a while back and, and every, and I, you know, I didn't say a word. Okay. But these people were talking about buying the S&P 500 funds. They had no idea what it was. And because they were doing it because their neighbor was doing it or their best friend was doing it. You know, just buy the index fund and you'll be fine. Well, that didn't turn out too well. Okay. And the point is, is that, uh, you know, I still think there's a lot of people out there with S&P 500 funds in their 401k. They're going to have a, a small heart attack when they open up their 401k you know, come here. Now, look, it was bad enough that we were down as far as we were. Uh, Marshfield did a great job. They were actually buying Thursday. Matter of fact, I opened a whole bunch of accounts last year with them uh, because of their presentation last spring, and they didn't buy anything. Now, their regular accounts were going crazy, but they didn't buy anything. And I, I asked them about it about 20 times because, you know, people were getting upset. Now they're not upset. Now, now they were calling me and saying, would you, get, would you have them stop buying? There we go. So anyway, uh, look, if you think stocks were down, Bitcoin went down 50% in two days. And on Friday, I think it was down further. So uh, we did have a negative trend change in developing, developed markets. Um, but we're in the green zone, okay? Much as you hate it, we're down at, at six. I mean, in 2010, uh, in 2009, we got to four, all right? This is as oversold as we get. This is when you have to step up and and look yourself in the mirror and say, if you know, maybe I shouldn't be managing my own money if I ain't buying. Because you don't get opportunities like this very often, all right? So, no, like we did have some problems. We had multiple sell signals break out to a new high. Uh, that's not good. But I look at the, the implied distribution of the S&P 500, and almost 80% of the stocks are in zone one and, one and two. Uh, I'll make it at 70, but if I add one, two and three, it is 80. So, uh, look, I think we're going to rally. 
I think we're going to, you know, it'll, it'll be sloppy. I, 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 my prediction, this is Tim's prediction, not RBC's, is that we'll have a, like a saucer shaped bottom where there'll be a lot of days where you say, Oh God, I can't stand being in the stock market. But look, like I said, all great investments, all great investments provide a little discomfort. Okay. So you got to remember that, uh, you know, you got to remember that. And look, we're back 21,000 on the Dow is a good place to keep all your, uh, stops, I guess, uh, especially, you know, and I, I think it's uh, 2,400, 2,700 on the S&P 500. So, you know, those are the uptrend line dating back to the bottom in 2009. As long as we hold that, we're still in a secular bull market. Okay. Now, the problem is, you know, in secular bull markets, we had 1987. We had 1990, three years later. Okay. So it, you know, we had 1998, you know, between 1992 and 1995, the, the Dow Jones went nowhere. It was all the small caps that went crazy. You know, Intel warrants, we bought them at four. They went to like 60. You know, the Johnson Johnson scores, they went from like six to 75. Genzyme, Genzyme warrants went from three to like 80. Okay. So the small caps did, you know, Intel was a small cap back then, by the way. Johnson Johnson wasn't, but look, I think what you have to be thinking about is we, we, uh, we had a technical extreme on Thursday. That's my opinion. We retraced 74.6%, almost 75, which is a uh, Fibonacci number. And the volume surged to 17 billion shares. When you, that's when you know you, your bottom's coming soon because the volume just swells, okay? Because the buyers have come in. And that's what I think we had a lack of for about a, a two-week period, three-week period, was a lack of buyers. So... Um, Here's what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm seeing the momentum on the, the S&P 500 is now down to a pretty low point, a uh, place where it's bottomed millions of times. So there we go. The same with the Russell. But the Russell, the one thing that worries me a little bit is that the, uh, the uh, positive, rel- the, the relative strength broke down. So uh, the, I don't think the small caps are going to participate on the first move up. Uh, the dollar uh, is still got, you know, the downtrend, in, in place from 1984. So, uh, and it, it broke down hard out of a triangle pattern, uh, which was what I talked about. Crude, whew, crude just got wiped out. I mean, it was down 28% on, uh, on Monday, um, which is a pretty big, that's a pretty big move. But remember, we said that Bob Dickey even said that oil was breaking down through the bottom of its uh, trend line, which is usually not a good sign. Gold was a trooper until Thursday. Thursday, they sold bonds and they sold gold because they had to sell something. They, the margin calls were so significant. And I'm, I'm willing to bet that you read about a lot of hedge funds who are leveraged to the hilt that just got killed, that they're out, they're done, they're, to, they're toast. All right. Now, the utility sector did break out, although I, I don't like the chart, so I, I'm not going to. Uh, but the staples, the relative performance versus the S&P 500 really looked great. And healthcare, the long-term uptrend is intact, and the relative performance has been great. Energy, not so much. <laughs> okay, stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you have a question, 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. Okay, we're back. 
And we have Dennis on the line. Uh, Dennis, you there? Hear me? Yeah, sorry. I, I didn't see the screen, so I apologize for leaving you on hold that long. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. I really appreciate your perspective on things here this morning, or actually this afternoon. A um, couple questions for you. Number one, is it reasonable to assume that two years out from now we're going to be at least back to where we were in February? I, I would say yes. And number two, what would you advise or uh, what would you do if you were sitting on a pile of cash right now? Well, I tell you, uh, my friends at Marshfield have been knocking the, the cover off the ball for the last, I mean, you know, two years ago, we had 2018 and everybody was down. They're up 3%. Last year they were up, you know, uh, if, if you started with them last year, you, you, you were in cash. So you, you, you didn't get crazy on the upside, but if you've been with them a couple of years, you were up somewhere between 35 and 39%. The other thing I'd look at high quality companies. I mean, Look, this is a chance to, you know, Berkshire Hathaway was 230 a, a month ago. Okay, a month ago. It's, I mean, I think it hit 180. Boeing was 365 a month ago. It's at 165. You know, and look, I'm not recomm- making these recommendations. I'm just saying, you know, we have a sale on Wall Street right now. And as much, it's, let's, Dennis, the problem is, is it's psychologically displeasing to buy stocks right now. Okay. Uh, everybody's scared. But when you're scared, you should be greedy. <laughs> All right? Yep. Do you think it makes sense to, to focus on uh, dividend stocks? Oh, absolutely. They held up really much better. Much, much better. Assuming that you bought them right. Okay? Uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, And I think the technical side, the chart side, is very important right now. Because there's, there's one big, yep. big stock that I don't like still. You know, So uh, I just leave that at as it will, I can't. I, I don't want. I don't like mentioning names all the time. And I'm not recommending Boeing, and I'm not recommending Berkshire Hathaway. I'm just saying, you know, they're on sale. That's what it comes down to. Sure, I understand. You okay. got to have a little some guts to jump in right now, but I think in the long term it's going to pay off. I agree with you, 100. percent Thanks very much. All right, have a great day. Thanks for holding. Uh, okay, so the bullish percent. <laughs> what a wild week! I mean, we were 22 last week, and I'm thinking we're near a bottom because I didn't think. I didn't think we were just going to have this big a sell-off, but the oil thing just, you know, they just stomped on my feet, so I look bad, so I apologize. But I did buy stocks last Friday in my own account, okay, and other people's accounts, uh, and I bought some Thursday, not as many. My hand was shaking a little bit. <laughs> I did buy some Friday. You know, we opened up 1,000 points, then we came back to be only up 140, and I put quite a few orders in at that point. But the bullish percent was designed by a guy named Ernie Staby, who was a protege of Charles Dow back in the 30s. And he wanted to be bullish at the bottom, bearish at the top. Now, look, back in January, the bullish percent was at 63. And we said it it went to a column of O's, which meant the risk was much higher. Okay? And I had a lot of cash at that point, or I made a lot of cash. So I think there's two or three accounts that didn't. And a couple accounts that didn't sell anything, uh, which, you know, was a different story. Um, the bullish percent is now at four. Uh, no, I'm sorry, at six <laughs> as of Friday. All right. So six is a pretty low number. I think we've hit single digits maybe five times in my career. So look, I, I don't think this is going to be a 
you know, an easy bottom, okay, I think uh, what you're going to see is we're going to have multiple periods of time where we rally hard and then we come back and test that low and scare the budget, you know, just to make sure I can't sleep. <laughs> All right. So, uh, that's, that's what's going to happen. So look, all the, we're still in the column of O's. So we don't have the ball on our court yet. Okay. So you don't commit a hundred percent of your money. You commit in tranches a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, if you're a 500 share buyer, maybe buy 150, 200 shares now. Then you buy your other 200 shares and you buy a hundred. All right. Marshfield does it all the time. Okay. All our great money managers out there, they, you know, they look for a U-shaped bottom and or, or, or a sideways bottom. And when the stock's down, you buy it. And then, you know, then down again, you buy it, you know, and you just keep buying it that way until you have your full position. Okay. So, um, <laughs> below 10 is washed out though. All right. So I think, you know, I don't know if Friday turned us up or not. I did, you know, I couldn't get on the Dorsey Wright system. Uh, but I think we were, I think we bottomed at eight. Okay. Uh, so the question is, did we put an X on the, on the screen, uh, Friday? Maybe. I don't know. You know, it was a big move up. Okay. I, look, I thought, I thought the news about the Fed, you know, throwing a trillion dollars out at it and the fact that the government was actually going to do something. Um, and I, you know, I read an article where some people from the Trump administration invited the Democratic Party, uh, some of the members of the Democratic Party, to talk about the uh, coronavirus back in January. Unfortunately, they there was an impeachment process going on, so they said no. Okay, so uh, you know some people have been blaming this on Mr. Trump, and you you know I think what happened Friday, you know, is everybody was blaming everybody else, but on Friday some lady, you know, was uh, that Trump brought in, put up a Biden sign, you know, and everybody laughed and uh, you know whatever, but look. Both sides are working together. What a novel concept. What a great time in America. You know, remember 9-11, how we all worked together? Oh, that was fantastic. But anyway, we're, we're at a kind of a low here. The end, you know, the, when we've had moves below 10%, we had days, uh, we had 10% reversals to the upside. And I don't think it's it, one, de- one time it took more than 50 days. Uh, two times it took more than 50 days. Uh, so I think that's interesting, but we've had negative weekly momentum on all this stuff for a while now. So it is, you know, I, I was looking at the oversold readings. The Dow Jones is 130% on Thursday. Uh, the emerging markets were 105. The EAF was 190. The frontier index was 296. The small caps were 190. Mid caps, 178. Um, the equal weight index, 154. The S&P, uh, trust 105 so it it's we're pretty oversold okay now we have broken some uptrend lines so it's going to take some time all right you're not gonna you know these the, the great investments usually take some time and there's some discomfort in them remember that okay so if you're expecting if you're a fast trader you bought you should have bought thursday and blown it out friday maybe you know or bl- blown it out next week sometime because look, I, I'm sure there's going to be more bad news about this thing. I, I, I can guarantee you Monday, you know, some bad news is going to come out. And you'll know the market is in good shape when it quits going down on bad news. Now that might not be Monday, might not be Tuesday, might not be for a month, might not be for six months. I doubt it though. All right. Now look, we talked about sectors. 
I said the sectors were at 59%, which is a pretty high number. I said it the last week of January. We are now at 15, which is a pretty low number. <laughs> Matter of fact, their electric utilities are still favored, and, and they were down 17% last week. They're at 40%. Biotechs, healthcare, computers, and electronics are all below 20, and they're all favored. Nothing else is favored. But everything else is below 30. Everything's below 30 except for electric utilities. So you don't get these opportunities very often. So, uh, look, here's something I would suggest. Get our best ideas. Get our dividend growth portfolio. Get our prime income list. All right? You can get that. You can go to, you know, WHK1420. Go down to the podcast. Go to my webpage or, you know, from the podcast, you know, Tim Hayes, Smart Investor Show. You can go directly there. Uh, you know, if you got a question, I forgot to say 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945 directly into here to the, to the show. Okay. So, uh, it's, it's a good time to increase the quality of your portfolio, increase the quality of your portfolio. I can't say it enough, but you know, it's rare. We get, uh, times like this, you know, and unfortunately in the last two years, we've had two of them. So, you know, 2018, we were down, uh, I think we only got to 14 then on the, on the, uh, bullish percent. So one thing that really makes me, uh, and I was looking at interest rates, you know, fixed income and, and I mean, it's hard to recommend fixed income at this point, um, simply because they've, it's, it's, it's come a long way. And by the way, if, if you bought 10 year treasury yields at 0.4% last Monday where they hit, you lost 50% of your money by, or you, you were down pretty, pretty hefty on the yield side because it finished at 0.9. So you got beat up pretty bad. So for those people who ran to it on Monday after, after the yields were down, you know, they got beat up a little bit. Okay. So it's, it's pretty hard to recommend bonds at this point with a, you know, a 10 year treasury at, at 0.9%. All right. Just, you know, why not buy Johnson Johnson or Abbott Laboratories or whatever, whatever else is on our prime income list or, or dividend growth portfolio because they're growing their dividend. Uh, take a little bit of market risk. I think you probably have less market risk than you would in the fixed income side. But look, long duration treasuries and U.S. corps are still, still the way to go. I will say this, the spread on high yields went up from, you know, we talked about this, how the big, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about how we moved all the way up to 500 basis points or 5%. Now we're at 6.55 as of Friday uh, morning, all right? So uh, almost all the uh, commodities were down. We're hitting new lows dating back to 1973. You know, we're, and by the way, commodities were going up straight up back in 1973. You know, oil, we had the oil crisis and, and everything was going up at that point. Now we're back to where we almost started from in 1973, the exception, gold and copper were both up, uh, which I thought that was interesting. Oil broke down. Uh, oil was down 28% on Monday. Wow, what a big move down. Uh, and then, you know, I looked at um, the relative strength buy signals, and there was a, there was several. American Electric Power, although it's a pretty extended chart. Uh, Casey's General Store, Satine. Remember, let me just step back and interrupt myself. Relative strength buy signals sometimes last for a pretty long time. And if they're given a relative strength buy signal in the mess that just happened last week, that's a good thing. Okay. So Citrix Systems, uh, Davida, 
healthcare provider, Edgewell Personal Care, Electronic Arts, Entergy, CoreLogics, Frontline Limited, Tegna, Hawaiian Electric, ACM, uh, Monster Beverage, Kroger, uh, Ligon Pharmaceuticals, Mid-American Apartments, Pets, PetMed Express, The Meat Group, Quajin, Regeneron, iShare, Life Storage, Tiffany, Allergan, uh, although Allergan's getting bought, okay? On the sell side, now this is where you want to check your, your fundamentals, okay? American Eagle, Apache, BJ Restaurant, Bryn Mawr Bank Corp, uh, BOK Financial, Avis Budget, Selenese, uh, Cullen Frost, TFC, uh, TCF Financial, Comerica, Columbus McKinnon, Conoco, Central Pacific, CV uh, uh, Financial, Exact Scientist, First Community Bank Shares, GOL Intelligent, Huntington Bank Shares, Hovarian, Satellite, Hallmark. Uh, I got like three pages. Um, I, uh, if you want to know if your company's <laughs> uh, been on a relative strength buy signal, uh, call me. <laughs> The number is 888-223-7742 is my office, 888-223-7724. We're going to be back with Inside Buyers. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. Furnace on its last leg? Don't wait until the house is silent and cold in the middle of the night because your furnace failed. (laughs) Hey, it's Christine. Right now, you can save more than 50% on a new furnace from Sal's Heating and Cooling. Don't get left out in the cold. Grab this deal before it's gone at NortheastOhioDeals.com. That's NortheastOhioDeals.com. Dennis Prager wishes the world wasn't in a panic. Why is this not regarded as as just another flu, another form of flu? Because uh, you've been spooked. I have uh, this view. People are afraid of dying. I am afraid of not living. If I live a risk-free life, then I don't live life. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at noon. Right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1420. The Answer. Okay, we're back. Uh, once again, you have a question, 216-901-0945. It's 216-901-0945. You know, it was amazing this week uh, because the number of insider buys was significant. And what was really interesting is that the insiders in the oil company have been buying for almost a month now in big, big numbers. And the market goes down another 28%. The oil goes down 28%, and they bought more. They bought a lot more. But here, we'll just talk about a couple things here. Um, Bungie Corp, the CFO, bought 40, 47, uh, $4.7 million, and uh, a director bought 497000 Kinder Morgan, Richard Kinder, bought $7.7 million of his stock. He's been buying quite a bit. EHC Group, $2.5 million. Uh, Totera, uh, which is an oil company, $3.3 million was uh, by a director. Uh, Prospect which is a uh, company that lends money to small businesses. The CEO bought $1.6 million. Um, Viacom, we had uh, a certain director who's, who happens to be the daughter of the uh, guy that started the company. Uh, she bought a million dollars worth. Live Nation, the president and CEO bought a million, and five others bought quite a bit. So it uh, looks like we have Dave. Dave, how are you? <laughs> 
Hey, Tim, good. Hey, um, I got uh, some money I'm going to be putting in the market now that it's got this downturn. I've been listening to you today. My question really is, um, uh, are we going to be seeing um, a recession based on the fact that, you know, oil prices are down, you know, employment's probably going to wane a bit. Are we going to, what are, what are the signs we're going to see if we're going to enter a recession? And then should we wait before we buy or should we get in now? Dave, uh, the stock market anticipates things six months ahead of time. So, I mean, we're, we're down 30%. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, now, look, recessions happen. I mean, th- this is a recession because the NBA stopped doing business. The NHL stopped doing business. So it's a pre-planned recession if it is. But remember, the Fed threw a trillion dollars into the, into the economy Thursday. They cut interest rates a half a point, and I bet you they cut them again. So, you know, we also put five, uh, $50 billion into, into small business loans at a real low rate, like a half a percent. For $50 billion is a lot of money for small businesses. So I think they're doing everything to stop the recession. You know, will there be a recession? You know, the stock market has predicted uh, 25 of the last five recessions. So I don't know the answer to that. I don't think anybody else knows the answer to that. I can just tell you, when the when the bullish percent gets down to eight, you, you know, it's only been a single digits like four times in my career. Okay. Mm-hmm. Usually, you got a pretty good deal. Like I said, yeah. Wall Street's the only place is when they have a sale. <laughs> Nobody shows up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I get it, and and I think the economy because we're in the service sector, uh, industrial work and stuff, and and we see some slowdown, but it's not like it was back when the market crashed in uh, what was it, two thousand six? Yeah. This I mean, is not a financial crisis, Dave. Right. This okay. is this, this is a health just to be a uh, a reset, which. You know, it's just a consolidation point to the next leg up, as far as I think. Yeah, just don't, you know, you know look, don't spend all your money at once. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Okay. okay. All right, have a great well, day. I appreciate that. All right, have all a right, great day. Thanks. Once again, 216-901-0945. 216-901-0945. So a couple local companies, Transdium, Robert Small, who's a very smart man, by the way, bought $114 million worth, then he bought $28 million, then he bought $14 million, then he bought $11 million. Transdm, the local, you know, defense contractor, and our our CEO of Cleveland's Cliffs, who just uh, merged with AKS Steel, bought nine hundred thousand dollars worth. So a couple local guys, um, Translate Bio, uh, man, they had a lot of people buy here. The CEO bought five hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars or shares. That's it's an eight dollar stock, so you can multiply it yourself. The CEO one hundred fifty. The, the chief medical officer one hundred fifty. The CFO one hundred and fifty. And the chief science officer, sir, 150. Maybe they got something. Who knows? Uh, Aramark, uh, the CEO, bought, uh, they're in uh, specialty eateries. Uh, they got killed, and he bought a million dollars worth. Trinet uh, Group, uh, there was a couple of uh, mutual funds, or, or hedge funds, I'm sorry, that bought uh, $6 million worth. American Homes for Rent, remember, they were buying last week. Uh, six people bought about $4.2 million and uh, the CFO bought quite a bit. Uh, PBF, which is another oil company, $2.6 million. Upwork, which was a new issue that got killed, uh, $1.4 million. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> I can't read my own handwriting on a couple of these, but uh, we had the CEO of HYC by $1.1 million. 
Um, we had uh, Freeport MacMoran, you know, which is trading below where if you sold the gold stuff off, I think uh, the company is is worth what the gold is worth right now. And they have also copper and, and oil and gas. The CFO bought eight hundred fifty. The vice chair bought two point five million. Uh, Curate Retail, which is a ten dollars stock a month ago, is now a three dollar and eighty cent stock. The president and CEO bought uh, two two point seven million. He owns a ton of it. And uh, Tivity Health, which was twenty twenty eight back in, in January, is now eight. A director bought one point seven. Remember, they bought a couple weeks ago. Lowe's company, the home improvement company, uh, went from 130 down to 94, and two directors, one bought 1.1 million, one, point, uh, one bought another million. Um, and then this Trinet group, uh, AGI uh, LP, bought 2.7 million twice. And, and I think, uh, I can't remember who it was that asked me about Cedar Point. Uh, I noticed that there was the CFO bought 188,000, a director bought 250,000. And the CEO bought 188000 so it's not my million-dollar minimum, but, uh, you know, somebody asked about it, so I thought I'd uh, mention that today. Uh, PNC Financial Services Group uh, just got cleaned, uh, and the director bought 968000 Expedia uh, just got clobbered. You know, they're, they're into getting you, to you the vacation you want. Uh, Melvin Capital stepped up to the plate and bought 5.3 million shares. Halazyme Corp, which is held up fairly well, we had uh, the senior, uh, the the new CFO. She bought one hundred four thousand, and I noticed there was uh, one other person. It's a twenty dollars stock, so it's uh, it's in the two million dollar mark. And she bought back on the second, also forty eight thousand. Uh, and then Energy Transfers Partners. Now, this stock was twelve; it's now six. <laughs> and we had. Uh, the uh, CFO bought 9.9 million shares. Western uh, Gas and Oil director bought 1.2 million. Uh, New Star, two guys bought 2.4 million. Another guy bought three uh, 125,000. So these are all directors. So here, here are pipelines that don't really, you know, they're, they're what they call mid. Uh, there's three types of pipelines, and the. If you have mid in front of the name, you're usually in pretty good shape because all they care about is the flow through the pipeline. But it doesn't matter. They're throwing them out the baby with the bathwater. Now, look, I um, I went back in time and, um, you know, somebody said, why should I use Tim's webpage? Why should I go to Tim's webpage? <laughs> Bob Dickey basically uh, said, I mean, he, he had one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten, t- ten days in a row. He talked about look out below, and then he talked about oil breaking down and the semiconductors breaking down, and the ten-year treasury breaking down. Okay, so why use Tim's <laughs> uh, web page? Why go to Tim's? Why use Tim? Okay, because. We've been talking, we talked about it for a month before it. And you know, it's amazing. Not a lot of people took advantage. Okay. Uh, now look, uh, look, we broke b- below the previous lows last week. Okay. Which means it's going to take some time. So I don't think anybody should go out, run out tomorrow and take, you know, $2 million and, and, you know, buy everything. Uh, I, I like the way Marshfield's approaching it. They bought some Monday, they bought some. 
Wednesday, they bought some Thursday. Okay. So, uh, and, and they're trying to buy their, you know, their weight, they're trying to find the bottom. So they're buying and, you know, the next day it might be down a little bit more. And then when it starts to turn up, they'll still buy. Okay. It's a great idea. Uh, they're a wonderful money manager, by the way. If you uh, want any information on them, call me at the office. It's 888-223-7742. Uh, anyway, what would I do right now? I'd be looking at dividend stocks in a big, big way. Uh, the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, uh, Marshfield, boy, they are looking stellar here. Uh, also, um, you know, interest rates are down as low as they're going to get, I think. Uh, well, maybe not. They may, maybe they'll go, uh, to a point where they're zero, but what a time to borrow money. I mean, Two of the ads on right before the show were about mortgages being below 3%. Okay? Uh, Savvy Investors Credit Workbook you can call for. Global Income Best Ideas. A lot of these are, are uh, you know, we have U.S., Canada, you know, we, we go all over the world. All right? So, uh, by the way, for those guys that own a business, uh, the Business Owner's Guide to Transitioning, uh, Transition Planning is a really good piece, by the way, for all you guys out there, guys and gals. Uh, so, look. You don't get many opportunities with a bullish percent below 10. Now's the time. Remember, you got to buy low, sell high. Okay. I've been waiting for us to come down to this level for a while. I didn't think we were going to come down this time. Uh, so I was wrong, but I did, I did collect some money. So now I have some money to work with. I did a lot of people send me money this week too, by the way, which I, I think those people are brilliant. Anyway, uh, have a great weekend. Um, don't get too scared. Okay? When you're scared, you should be greedy. When you're greedy, you should be scared. This is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Remember, buy low, sell high. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.